This podcast is for the curious and for those seeking honest conversations about life and ministry. It's for those fully aware that we are in a moment in history that demands our attention and our intentionality. The world is about to turn, and this podcast is for those who seek to be co-conspirators with the Holy Spirit. Those who wish to affect the turn toward the one who offers life and life abundance in this world, in our weary world. It's for those that are committed to God's invitation to us as church together, as people in mission, responding to the demands of the gospel. Exciting. We are finally doing what we have been talking about for a couple years now. You should know that those of you who are listening, these conversations have been brewing in us since we first came together as a Senate staff. Each week on a Tuesday, we come together as Senate staff around the table. We have devotions, we have time of prayer, and the conversation is meaningful and prophetic and healing and interesting and honest in all its ways. And so we realized that that conversation um, was too limited. We wanted to open it up. We want to have more conversation. We want this table to broaden and widen. And we want to invite you into the conversation, not only at this table, which some of you we will be inviting to this table, but in conversation or even beyond this space. And so today we have our staff here. We have Pastor Lamar Bailey. We have Pastor Sarah Garrett Cray. And we intend to engage what it means for us to live our mission in uncertain times. In 2020, um, as you may recall, I was elected as bishop in 2019. 2020, we were hit by the pandemic. And during that time, we, we, were, we discovered what, what it was that God was calling us to. And together, we wrote a mission statement. And that mission statement states, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we are called to cultivate a bold and boundless love for Jesus and for God's beloved creation. And as we engage what that mission meant, I realized that every single word in that mission statement had meaning. There was an interpretation that any one of us could give, and yet there was an interpretation that we were called to respond to. And so I wrote a series of blogs to break down the, the mission statement, and it's on our website, and we'll be sharing it as a link um, to this podcast. Um, but in, in sharing the blog, I realized there's so much richness to the invitation that is present in this mission statement and is prescient in, in, and has um, the potential to really change and shift um, not only our spiritual lives and journey, but the culture of our synod. Um, and so I'm hoping that we can ha set the tone for the rest of this podcast series um, with Pastor Lamar and Pastor Sarah. I'm looking forward to... Um, us being as authentic and genuine as we are at the staff table. I realize that that might be risky, <laughs> <laughs> but worth it. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Lamar to introduce himself, kind of share a bit of his um, role in the Synod, and then I'll do the same for, I'll invite Pastor Sarah to do the same, and then we'll engage in conversation. Well, hello, I'm Pastor Lamar Bailey. I serve as the Director for Evangelical Mission and Assistant to the Bishop. And as director for Evangelical Mission, I work with congregations to focus on congregational vitality and um, ways that they can, they can grow and share the gospel. And also I focus on stewardship and generosity, working with uh, several of the, the tables or probably more familiar word would be committees of our mm -hmm. Senate Council. So that's what I, that's what I do. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. Pastor Sarah. Hi, I am Pastor Sarah Garrett Cray. I serve as the assistant to the bishop for mobility and candidacy, which is just a long way of saying that I have the holy privilege of accompanying individuals and congregations in seasons of discernment and change and transition, mm -hmm. uh, things that are notoriously very fun. Yeah. Change. Yeah. Transition. Change. Uncertainty. Yeah. Those are the best <laughs> things ever. Yeah. 
And I am um, Pastor Leila Ortiz. I serve as Bishop of the Metropolitan Washington, D.C. Synod, and I have been serving in this capacity for the last three years. Um, and like I said, we were elected in 2019, and as soon as 2020 hit, we were in a pandemic. And so it became imperative for us to listen to the Spirit as to how God was calling us to live and lead precisely in this moment. And so um, it has been a journey. It has been a journey. And Is that a what you call it? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna call it a journey, um, a holy journey. And I, I've talked, to, I talked about it as a holy adventure, right? Holy adventure, because usually when I think of adventures, I think of roller coasters and um, emotional roller coasters <laughs> as well. Um, but it has been, it has been an adventure, and um, I tend to be someone who is. Um, attempt attempt to be authentic to a fault right mm. and part of that means that i wear my heart on my sleeve and i am who i am in every space and i can be very passionate and i can be sad and i can be um just um outraged in jesus mm -hmm. name right <laughs> all the things and we've gotten to journey together in those spaces and um this mission statement has helped us focus Right, has mm -hmm. helped us come back into alignment with where God is calling us. And so um, we will, the, the, the goal is for us to break down the mission statement in, this, in the episodes following this one. But for now, I'd like us to just explore um, the first word of, of the mission mm -hmm. statement, which is to be inspired. Um, we came into the call, and Pas uh, Pastor Lamar and I came in, what, in 20, 2019, 2019. Um, Pastor Sarah came in in 2022, different experiences, but we all came with, with some inspiration, right? We were inspired that there was a possibility for more. And so let's talk about what it means for us to be inspired in this moment, precisely because of where we are um, as a church, as a world, um, and in our personal lives as well. Mm. Yeah. To be inspired, what does that what does that recall for you? I think lately I've been um, uh, my understanding of what it is to be inspired has shifted a little bit mm. because it's the theme of our synod assembly. I've been thinking about it a little bit more, and I had to think about it as I was writing my report for synod assembly. And um, I've always previously considered. I've always considered, uh, <laughs> sorry, I need to learn how to stay on the mic. Mm -hmm. Previously, I have always thought of being inspired as something that just happens to you, mm. something that you have no control over. Um, and I think that's why it's so closely tied to the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and I do still believe that inspiration is something that happens often organically and unexpectedly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but as I continue to walk alongside people in transition and discernment I'm finding that we can open ourselves to inspiration mm. and we can close ourselves off to inspiration yeah um and coming to change or discern discernment or uncertain times with a posture of uh, openness, mm -hmm. uh, I think allows us to be, to be inspired. Um, and on the flip side of that, we can build up our walls and we can, um, we can be, and I'm speaking from personal experience, we can be so driven by fear mm -hmm. or, um, you know, fear of discomfort, fear of the unknown, um, that we don't even allow ourselves to notice. We don't even allow ourselves to, uh, to experience inspiration when the Holy, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit can come and nudge and push and we might not even know it yeah yeah what do you think Pastor Mar? 
Um, it, you know, it's funny because like inspired is not a Lamar word. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. It, and it's definitely it, it's funny. It's definitely a Layla word. Yeah. For sure. You 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 got that. You got the thing. Mm. For sure. <laughs> Um, so like I've been, you know, we've been talking about it for Senate Assembly. So like I'm, I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, like you just said, like inspired. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I know it, mm -hmm. I get it. But you know, thinking about like the work that we do, I, like right away, I kind of jump to what inspires me mm -hmm. about the work. Since we're here talking about our experiences and on Senate staff, and it's you have to be open to it and looking for it. I think it's there. There are moments where I know I'm inspired. Um, but I think the work, the the work that we do, uh, the vocation that we're that we're in, in and of itself, is just inspiring in yeah. in crazy ways. Yeah, I mean, every day that we've been on staff, y you have no idea what's going to happen. None <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I so love that part about this job. Yeah, yeah. And just I, call as she says so facetiously. Yes. <laughs> and, and I, there's a part of me that likes that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I have a little mm. bit of like a campaign politics background, so I like that. You don't know what's coming at you. Mm -hmm. And but you know, like some days it's like, it it could be it, it could be a sitcom, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. job. Oh, it yeah. could be like we're I don't know running through the fields and the sound of music's playing. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Some days it could be a like Apocalypse Now, like a yes. horror show or something <laughs> like that. The Walking Dead. And yeah. yeah, The Walking Dead. Yeah. But I think I think um, what inspires me, and I think what what underlines the mission statement, not, like I looked at it again last night, mm -hmm. more closely and thought about it, is like I think like there's this underlying theme of like accompaniment and yeah. walking together, yeah. mutuality, especially in that cultivating part. Yeah. And I think that's where I've, those are the places where, like, where I've found inspiration, where I've found God as we like walk and accompany people. Mm -hmm. And most certainly through the relationships that, like your, our relationship yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. And, you know, also with, with Catherine, you know, the people on staff, like how we've, we've walked into these situations every day that are just, you can't make it up. No. <laughs> no, not at all. And yet, not like, we all. walk through it together and struggle together and find these aspects about God, faith, some clarity. Sometimes there's no clarity. Sometimes it's like, well, what is that? What was that? Yeah, what was that? So yeah. I find all that to be, there's a, there's a, there's a, to me, there's a, a beauty or a sublime in that. There's inspiration in that. Yeah. That mm. Yeah, so I, I came into the Synod 10 years ago um, and coming straight out of doctoral work and just seminary, 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 years, years, years of just being, trying to be as educated as I can in this denomination and in this church. And then I landed in the congregation, right? Mm. And all of what I had learned, I walked in and was like, wait, what? Like, huh? Like, how is, how... Where did the tradition take a turn? Like mm -hmm. how how did what I read from Luther and how did what I read through all these theologians and all this liturgy and beauty and power that is in in all that I've learned? How has that not necessarily translated the way I envisioned it in my head? Right when I walk mm -hmm. into space, and I only say that because when I walk into the congregation or when I walked into the synod. I found people that were very, very cerebral, right? And so inspired, mm -hmm. like for mm -hmm. Lamar, it's not mm -hmm. a thing. <laughs> it's not necessarily, you have to draw out the mm -hmm. thing, right? Draw out the inspiration piece. Um, but I happen to be a heart person, right? Mm -hmm. I I'm an intellectual, but mm -hmm. I'm also someone that is very much in the feeling space, right? And so for me, um, walking into a culture, because that's very true about who we are as Metro DC, walking into a culture that is very private and very mm -hmm. isolated and very guarded and confidential, right? We have so many people who work here who work in the government and different branches of the government completely shifts the culture of the space, right? And yet there were moments, right? You just had to kind of just pull it out of people, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll share just one thing that has always inspired me. Um, the first congregation that I that I um, served in at some capacity was at Holy Cross in Herndon. And of course, many people in the congregation were for the government in one way, shape or another. 
And it so happens that I was talking to John, who works for NASA, right? Mm -hmm. And he's very quiet, um, humble human being. And I had no idea he worked for NASA. But one day after worship, I'm sitting next to him and for fellowship. And he tells me what he does, that he works for NASA and that he works on satellites and does all these things. And I'm like, wow. And I tell him, so how do you reconcile your faith with your science brain? And he says, oh, very no pause whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Just this is what happened. He says, oh, well, you know, every day I go to work and I look at the telescopes and I look at all the galaxies and I think to myself, the God who created all of this is my friend. Mm -hmm. And, and I immediately said, excuse me, I'm the preacher. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this, you That'll just preach. blew my mind, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, but that's inspiring, right? So mm. many people don't even realize that what they get to do in their vocations, um, yeah. open their eyes to God, right? Mm -hmm. Open their eyes not only to God in the universe, but God in relationship and humanity in the world. And so... I, I felt that once I was called as bishop, I, I needed to draw the inspiration that is happening, mm -hmm. right? That I was called to draw the inspiration that was happening in the space and help people be loud about that inspiration, about those moments, about those realities where God makes God's self known in ways that no other human being would have even realized. For him, that was nothing. Yeah. For John, he's like, well, this is what I do every day. Like, right. Yeah. And I'm over here like, what did you just say? Like what? Incredible. Right. Um, so for me to be inspired is really to pay attention and mm. to listen and to recognize how God is happening in our frailty, in mm -hmm. our uncertainty, in our frustrations and say, man, God, you just don't miss a beat. Right? right, God yeah. is always right. there, always responding, and always giving us opportunity, precisely to be inspired, for the sake of what's ahead, right? Mm -hmm. For the sake of what's actually happening, um, and I think that that's that's something that um, centers me, that helps me realize, you know, there's more to the story that's in front of me, right? Because many of us, all of us here in staff, mo most of our inboxes are full of oh, snap, how are we going to respond to this, right? We're not necessarily engaging those God moments, right? We're engaging God moments that are hard and difficult and we're, we're needing to walk with. Um, but that's not the whole story, mm -hmm. right? That's just one email and one experience mm -hmm. and one reality. And then we get to walk with people and realize, guess what? What you presented in the email wasn't the whole story either. Mm -hmm. God is happening over here in really, really interesting and powerful ways. Let's pay attention to that. Let's celebrate that. Let's not let's not avoid or ignore the realities that are happening, but also mm -hmm. let's celebrate and lift up how God is happening anyway, mm -hmm. right? God is happening precisely because this also is true. This other thing is true as well. Yeah. So that's what's kind of inspired <laughs> mm -hmm. the mission statement for us and that's been what has been pushing us forward and what holds me accountable right because right. some days i'm not so inspired right um some days none of us are quite inspired <laughs> and yet there is an opportunity in that space to say well um there's something else going on too right there's something yeah. else that could could bring about life and not just life and survival but Life abundant, which is the promise. Right. Yeah. Any other thoughts around inspiration or or the entire um, mission statement? I mean, I think like the the story you just told about John. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the exciting part. Yeah. And you know, in the synod and even even in uh, in the congregation, there's those like there's those people who yeah. like are maybe quiet, maybe you've known for like ever. But they have these powerful stories. Mm -hmm. And like I think like you know, you and I come from a tradition where where it's common to give testimony. Yeah. Like often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think like for me, like in my faith journey, the most powerful some of the most powerful experiences have, have been not necessarily from the pastor. Yeah. But it's like it's like the the auntie or the yes. you know the person who sits in the back every Sunday who got up and gave their testimony and you're like wow mm -hmm. you know, that's mm -hmm. inspiring so I think like how can we 
I guess maybe that's the dream or our dream or the dream is like, how can we, and I think it's very Lutheran, like how do we get people to, to share yeah. that inspiration, yeah. that good news? Because that's like the point, I think, for us as, right. as Lutherans especially. Good news, that we not focus just on the law, yeah. right? Which is necessary. We need the law, but also speak to the gospel, right? To tell the whole story. Yeah. I think that's the fine line that I'm still learning how to walk on synod staff is, and you talked about this, Bishop, I, I think you're reading my mind because I literally wrote down, you know, thinking and feeling. <laughs> you're a feelings person mm -hmm. and I am a... I feel very deeply. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. You've seen it. Yes. I feel all over the place <laughs> when I, you know, when I'm in a, a safe place to express that. Um, but I'm also constantly thinking mm -hmm. and and uh, sometimes overthinking. Um, but thinking about next steps, right? Yeah. Always trying to plan for what's ahead. And in that sense, and in and in my role as I walk with people in transition there's this fine line between there's a process for that, yeah. mm -hmm. right? There are steps to take in the call process um, or in the candidacy process. And um, if you are not inspired, which is a, a feeling, yeah. if you are not inspired by the Holy Spirit or and, and guided by the Holy Spirit, then all of these processes are going to be <laughs> empty, yeah. right, and and meaningless, right, right. Uh, and so trying to walk that line, and I and I I think you're right, and I don't know that it, this is even you know Metro DC synod specific, but I think uh, you know we live in a world where it's just easier to think the problems. Right. Mm -hmm. Or think the challenges. Right. Mentally process. Yeah. Mentally process um, what we're facing as a church and as a people than to feel it. Yeah. I mean, there is so there's so much. Uh, sometimes I worry that I'm going to feel so much I might die. <laughs> like I have so <laughs> many feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and so it becomes easier to compartmentalize, to break it down into steps. Um, and, and part of our job dictates that we do follow certain yeah. steps, right? And so finding that balance of the head and the heart mm -hmm. for me, the processes and the movement of the spirit yeah. um is uh i i can describe it as an adventure but uh, you know <laughs> most days coaster, it's a, yeah. a roller coaster most days it's a it's a challenge and it's a challenge for me too as somebody who is a a thinker a processor and somebody who is often deeply motivated by fear of the unknown yeah. To then go into spaces where people are anxiously trying to figure out what are, what are my next steps here, mm -hmm. and to say to them, "Well, here are the steps." But what I need you to hear is that God is doing something underneath and around and in the midst of all of the steps of the process. Yeah. That this process is not just about you interviewing candidates or me, you know, um, you know, doing X, Y, or Z. It, it is that, but it's also letting God do what God does, yeah. which is draw us into relationship with one another. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I think the balance question is really, really hard. Um, so I, as as some of you know, I become I've I'm married now with two teenagers, and balance seems like a myth <laughs> at this point, right? And I've realized that that may be true for a lot of people that are listening, right? Um, mm. A lot of our pastors, a lot of our leaders, are um, trying to figure out balance between family and church or trying to figure out the balance between process and discernment and they don't see how they can work together and i i i've often said when i served in your role as as assistant to the bishop um i would often say remember that right now you are doing church business but the operative word is always church what does it mean for us to be church in this moment and use mm -hmm. the process for the benefit and the life of the church rather than be bound by the process that we 
become blinded to the fact that we are still church. We are church, right? And so how do we, instead of talking about balance, talk about priorities, right? Mm. At what point do we prioritize process, which is holy, it's made for us and not against us, mm -hmm. right? Um, versus there's a movement of the spirit here where we need to pay closer attention to maybe maybe the process is inviting us to make a decision that we don't actually want to make, right. <laughs> right? And then that becomes the operative question, right? That, yes, the process is there. We don't like the process. We don't like it. We don't <laughs> want it. We don't want it. Um, but that's where God is inviting us into another possibility. Or we really want to, you know, be fixed to the process. And this mm -hmm. is what we saw in the Constitution. And this is what's in the polity. And if we don't do this, then, right, mm -hmm. it, the anxiety doesn't allow for faith to be central, right? Doesn't allow for God to be what inspires your next move, right? Rather than what you perceive as, or we perceive as a need, when sometimes it's a want, because yep. we want mm -hmm. to be in control of something, right? Because everything else is out of control. So I, I'm, I'm rambling a bit mm -hmm. to say that that so many of us are struggling with trying to figure out how to balance things. And I'm wondering if maybe part of our mission together is not just about having equilibrium, mm -hmm. but it's about redirection. Like what, what matters in this moment the most? What vocation is, is the spirit calling and, and pressing me to attend to? Right. Right. Um, some of you are pastors, some of you are deacons, some of you are lay leaders. Um, some of you may really need to pay attention to your physical health right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Some of you need to take a break mm -hmm. in Jesus' name, right? Mm -hmm. And some of you need to show up and be bold and be willing to say the thing that needs to be said for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of life itself, right? Some of you really need to be making some hard, hard decisions because that's the decision that's going to lead to life, right? And sometimes that decision means means death to the thing that you care for the most or that you believe you care for the most for the sake of for the sake of life, right? So um, not always balance, but always priority. How do we how do we pay attention to our mission, not only as a synod, but as human beings called for this moment in this moment? Um, and how do we do so in ways that actually require faith and not control, right? Yeah. Actually require us to believe God when God says God will provide. Right. Mm -hmm. That is hard right now. That is really, really difficult. Yeah. And that's what our mission statement inspires us to pay attention to, right? Um, and we haven't mentioned him, but to be quite frank, the only thing that inspires me these days consistently and always mm -hmm. has inspired me is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, if we're not talking about Jesus, if we're not being led by Jesus' teachings, then we're just any other nonprofit, right? Mm -hmm. We're just any other institution. We're just any other any other community of people. But Jesus is the one that's inviting us to be bold by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. It's Jesus who is saying, enough is enough. Um, yes, this is scary. Yes, this is hard. Yes, this feels like it can be impossible. And yet I'm calling you into this mm -hmm. <laughs> right now. This is, a, this is, this is on you. I got you. You go do the thing, right? Um, we don't like to obey very much. That's another thing that we don't talk very much about. Um, but obedience in this moment, um, I think is the invitation. Yeah. And that's, that's where the rubber meets the road and the resistance is greatest because we're not, we don't, obedience, what? <laughs> who, who, who even talks about that anymore? Um, well, Jesus does, right? So mm -hmm. that's, that's part of the call, part of the moment um, that we're called into. I think we also, too, uh, just sitting here thinking about it, too, we're also, it's kind of a no-brainer, but we, we also have the opportunity to inspire people. Mm as Senate staff, and I never really think about it that way. And I think it's really interesting how, you know, the Holy Spirit thing here is that, like, we are three distinct personalities here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's great. And so we, we bring inspiration in, like, different ways yeah. of, of the way God has created us and, and gifted us. And that's really, really cool to think about how, how that has come about. Yeah. 
And I think we've inspired each other too, mm-hmm. um, because our personalities are mm-hmm. so different. Um, but they're different, not in ways that are that are that cause friction. Mm-hmm. They're different in ways that actually work together. Um, so it, for me, for instance, it's helpful to be in conversation with Sarah and, and see, oh, she's perfectly okay being vulnerable and honest. I don't need to pretend, <laughs> right? <laughs> what for? And you know, Lamar is perfectly fine being absolutely direct and having strong <laughs> boundaries. And that's inspiring to me mm-hmm. too, because not everyone should have access to my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to mm-hmm. or to my sanity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. And so we it's helpful and we need to always talk about community and who surrounds us because even the choices we make um, around the people we surround ourselves, not even period. This is what happens. The people that we choose to surround us will impact and affect our daily living for the better or for the worse. Right. And so what does it look like for us? Not only to, not only to be the best that we can be, but to be surrounded by the best the best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the sake of the work that is ahead, for the sake of the life that demands demands a breather from time to time, mm-hmm. right? We need to be able to breathe, and we need to be able to be honest. And so, I'm hoping I'm hoping that we create a culture in this podcast and in our synod where we can be vulnerable and honest without without it being perceived or interpreted as weakness or as ineffective when in reality we have just gone through a particular season that has affected each and every one of us in very in some of us in very painful ways and others in very traumatic ways and and for others in just very unsettling ways but it has affected all of us right Mm -hmm. it has affected us individually affected our families our children um so we need to be honest about that because otherwise Mm -hmm. we are pretending (laughs) that everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And then as I've often said, you know, when we are wounded and we're not Mm -hmm. being, we're not healing, we start bleeding all over the place Mm -hmm. in ways that are unhelpful. And usually when things are unhelpful, they're unfaithful. And so how do we care for ourselves um, for the sake of the ministry of ahead, for the sake of our families, for the sake of the world that is demanding and requiring us to show up boldly and boundlessly in love with Jesus and with all of God's creation, right? Not just some of it, but all of it, right? Because we're called to something so powerful and essential in this moment, we have to take care of ourselves. And I think part of that is um, seeking inspiration mm-hmm. and paying yes. attention to what c- makes you come alive, mm-hmm. right? I know for me, um, family makes me come alive. There's no, there's no dull moment <laughs> at home <laughs> ever. Um, but I'd love to hear, you know, besides besides ministry, which is so inspiring mm. every day of the week. Um, what are some things that inspire you that you know that when you need to seek, when you need some, when you need life, when you need a breather? What is that thing? Where is it that you go to mm. or that inspires you? Well, definitely teenage girls, mm-hmm. middle school <laughs> girls is yeah. inspiring, of which I have too. And um, there's so, so much we can can learn from them, even though sometimes we want to pull our hair out. Yeah. But there's just so much to learn and observe, mm-hmm. I think, that I really like. So here's my really strange one. Yeah, go for it. And we can edit this, right? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked, yes. how do I outside of ministry? Um I like I volunteer a lot. Mm. Um it sounds like how can how can that be relaxing? With what time? Yeah. With what mm-hmm. time? <laughs> but I, re- I I still have a you know, a, a penchant for campaigns and things like that and advocacy, so I I do that in ways that are somewhat anonymous because I you know the positions that we hold but um I think I get for some reason I get like a lot of energy being in environments where where you know there's a lot of unchurched people Mm -hmm. and especially like a lot of unchurched young people and they're they're brilliant Mm -hmm. uh the young adults are very brilliant they're gracious um they're quick making me feel old mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. they're quick with technology and things like that and so it's a w- it's i just kind of stumbled upon it 
And that's one way that I just kind of get out of the, I don't know, jump out of the stream and just jump into something completely, completely different. And I mm-hmm. somehow that recharges my batteries. Yeah, I like that. Thank you for sharing. How about you, Pastor Sarah? Yeah, I I have always been very much wired for community and for relationship. Um, and I find that I am inspired by the people that I love and the people that I trust and the people that are invited in, uh, whether they want to be or not into, into like my inner life Mm -hmm. and, and inner circle and, and so one of those is my spouse, and it is really, really easy because he is also a <laughs> pastor. He is also an assistant to the bishop mm-hmm. in uh, in a neighboring synod. Um, it, it's very easy for us to just, like, seamlessly, you know, we're on a family walk with the dog and to, you know, talk about work or whatever. But But what inspires me so much is... We'll have these conversations, and whether it's about work or, or something else... Um, you know, I'll say, I have option A and option B, and, and I don't know which one to do, and, you know, I don't know which way to go or whatever. And then he's got this frustratingly, like, beautiful way of just totally reframing it. And it's like my brain breaks open, and mm-hmm. he's like, well, actually, here's C, D, E, F, G. Here's all of these other... Um, it's like he tips a situation on its head and and helps me to reframe and not just my spouse but you know the people in my life my my friends and many of whom are also colleagues but uh, you know who have this way of just like drawing me back from the brink of you know it's either this or that mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no in between mm-hmm. and saying actually there's a much bigger picture here. Um, there's a much larger story and a larger narrative here. And that is so inspiring to me because my, my brain just doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really moved by that every, every time it happens. Um, and so I, yeah, I'm, I am inspired in relationship, in friendships, in my marriage. Um, but another thing that has been inspiring me lately, um, and uh, I'm, I'm trying not to let it like become my whole personality, because <laughs> here's what I find about people who go to the gym. <laughs> they make it their whole personality. But early on, when I stepped into this call, I was completely overwhelmed, and I knew I needed some kind of outlet. And so... Micah and I uh, went and got a personal trainer, mm-hmm. and we go th- three days a week. We wake up at six o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. we go and we work out with a trainer. And I, Faisal uh, Mar, you and I are very different in a lot of ways, but we are the same in that we are not <laughs> morning, morning people. people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're pastors, right? All morning. three of us um, are not morning people. Yes. But for the last like almost year, we've been going to the gym, and I have been somebody has been pushing me and telling me you are strong enough to do this you are strong enough to to squat this amount of weight or like bench press this or whatever and I am so inspired one by like the human body's resiliency (laughs) because so many days I wake up and I'm like wow everything hurts Mm -hmm. I will never I will never be able to move again um but and I and I don't mean for this to sound like selfish or you know like uh, I don't know I I'm in, I've been inspired lately by how s- strong I am in mm-hmm. ways that I didn't think I was <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's really really cool and uh, reminds me in the world of the church growth and change can seem so painful painful <laughs> and so slow yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i'm finding that it's you know 
in some ways it's the same thing with like working out or, or whatever, but I see these little ways in which I am like physically stronger and, and mentally stronger too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, growth is possible. It is painful. Right. And, yep. um, and so like, you know, I'm, I mean, anybody who has seen me knows I'm, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not like swole. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a beast. Um, but I have, yeah, That's I have found That's the first thing I said when I saw Of one. course. Yeah, like, She's wow. swole. Um, <laughs> but like I, a sentence that I have never said to myself before this year was, I can do this because I am so strong. strong. Yep. Like, yep. and like, cool. Yeah. That's neat. That's a, that's a growth that honestly I think is only possible by the grace of God, because otherwise I would never wake up at six o'clock in the morning to pick up <laughs> yeah. heavy things and put them down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, notice how, when I asked a question around inspiration, both of you went to drastically different places, but God is absolutely present in those spaces. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Pastor Lamar, you were very clear to say, I'm inspired with unchurched folk, and yet God is happening for you and through you, through those very unchurched folk, right? Mm-hmm. And for you, uh, Pastor Sarah, community, of course, is God. God is mm-hmm. community, right? And um, God, in inspiration, will always wake you up to who you actually are, mm-hmm. right? Versus bring you down and make you feel more defeated, right? That's what inspiration... My God, for me, inspiration is a deep breath. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, thanks be to God, right, that we can be, we are more than what we believe we are, that there is, that God is present in the unexpected places or, or people, and that we can breathe a bit lighter because we've discovered ourselves anew because of God, because of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Yeah. Um it's it's something so for, so i'm inspired by community as well but for me i mm. i realize that i wake up when i am in an academic setting or mm. when someone is teaching me something that i had never heard before like knowledge and wisdom is just like yes like i never heard that before or i can use that or that's exactly what i needed for this next thing or for what i was thinking about there's there's inspiration for me in knowledge, which which only comes, uh, I mean, I, of course I love to read, but there's something about conversation and how other people learn. And mm-hmm. so for me, inspiration comes in the classroom. So whenever I get to teach or be taught, mm-hmm. I yeah. am energized. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's something really yeah. life-giving for me in that space. Yeah. You, you heard it, folks. Invite Bishop Ortiz <laughs> to teach at your yeah. congregation. She leads a mean Bible study. I love it. I love I, it. Uh, you you talked about inspiration being a deep breath, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you know this about yourself, but it's something that I learned about you uh, early on. We do a lot of, you know, we are a hybrid staff, right? We're not in person in one office. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of Zoom calls and meetings and and things like that and early on when we would be in you know on a zoom call or something and you would say uh, let us begin with prayer and you'd take a deep breath and I would you know close my eyes and then there would be this really long silence and I'd start to panic and think did she ask me to pray and I wasn't paying attention and I didn't know (laughs) and then you know two seconds later you begin your prayer, but it's because you are taking a deep breath and it, and, and now that I know what's happening, it inspires me. You know, when you say, let us begin in prayer, I take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think about those ways again, that God is in community, but that when you see someone else breathing easier, when you see someone else taking a deep breath, it yeah. it invites you, um, and I think that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit yeah. continues to. Do you know? Show you up. know when I started doing that, mm. I started doing that um, more frequently last year, mm. and that was because I kept 
realizing that I was taking deep sighs mm. because I did not have words, right? Yep. It was a very difficult year for us as a church, as a world. Um, and I kept finding myself <sighs> taking a deep mm -hmm. sigh because words would fail me, right? Whether wow. they were unspoken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whether either I didn't find the words or the words that I would say were not enough. They were just not, they weren't landing the way I thought they would or could. Yeah. Right? And so my prayers um, have intentionally always begun now, right, since then, with a deep breath and a deep sigh for two reasons. One, because I know that the Spirit intercedes for us with mm -hmm. sighs too deep for words. And two, because I know that the Spirit is the breath of God, mm -hmm. right? And because of the Spirit, I can, we can breathe a little bit lighter, right? Yeah. We can breathe, period, right? Because... The spirit is the breath of God, right? So I, I appreciate you bringing that up, and I haven't shared that with anyone, <laughs> but I'm mm -hmm. glad that you've noticed that that is my, my practice now because there really are no words at some point, right? We're just, we, sometimes we're filling space with words, but they're not, they're not, they're not it, right? Just like now, right. I, don't, I don't have the words to articulate either the grief or the pain or the frustration or the concern or the fear, right? And so sometimes a deep breath is just about enough, right? So I'm mm -hmm. glad that, that that has given you permission to mm -hmm. breathe um, mm -hmm. because we need permission to breathe. We absolutely need permission to say we can't do this alone. We don't have to do this alone. Don't do it alone. Take a deep breath, right? God is with you. Um. And so, again, my inspiration, my daily inspiration comes from God, comes from the Spirit. Um, there's, there's no other motivation that would keep us engaging such painful situations mm -hmm. that none of which have a quick fix, none of which are resolved in an hour, none of which are resolved in a year, right? Yeah. And so for us to pursue this call, this mission together, is intentional and we can't do it without God, right? And so whenever we, you know, we, we can get in the way, we do all the time, right? Because we're human, but we're invited all the time to say, wait, take a, take a back seat to this one because this isn't about you. And um, this is about the work that God will do through this community in this moment, in this time. And sometimes a deep breath is all we can, <laughs> we can mm -hmm. muster. Um, in that process. So I appreciate that. And um, I'm glad that I'm able to share that with you all now as to why I do that. I think we also have to admit as a staff that we get some sort of inspiration out of like mindless streaming binge watching. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, sure. I think, I think percent. we admit that to each other frequently. And <laughs> yes. Okay. So now everybody Catherine, has to share, has everybody has to, to share that. their current binge. Yeah. Netflix binge mm. or whatever. Silo. Am I allowed to say Netflix? Is there <laughs> some kind of... We're endorsing without... We need to get yeah. paid. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was my last binge? Um, I'm revisiting House of Cards. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because another... Oh, you know what show ended for me? I was like really disappointed that they canceled Designated Survivor. Three seasons <laughs> done. You're <laughs> really into these, like Love DC, it. Madam DC. Secretary. Yep. Did you do West Wing? With too? twice. West Wing. Mm -hmm. All of that, yep. which is so funny to me because it seems like you'd want to, like, maybe. I don't know. No. Sometimes it gets too intense for me. No, I love it. I love all the because it's so much bigger for me, just so much yeah. grander than what it is that we have to do as a cine staff. And there are so much parallels, so many parallels. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, Madam Secretary for sure, my yeah. favorite. Um, there's another one that came out recently. The Diplomat. The Diplomat. Yeah. And left us hanging. We're <laughs> waiting I have, str for I have two. strong feelings about this show that Do I'll you? have to. That we'll, oh, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about later. that off. Wow. <laughs> Such a great show. I mean, personally. Interesting. I, en I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think um, my, my stuff uh, 
We do an annual West Wing rewatch. Oh, really? Um, that just happens every uh-huh. every year uh, at some point, usually around Christmas time, weirdly. Okay. I don't know why. Uh-huh. But right now, uh, Ted Lasso, it, yeah. it's all it's all light. Uh, Ted Lasso and the Junior Baking Show, the Great <laughs> yes. British Baking Show, but for kids. Oh, they're the best. I feel like if I could go through the world with the resilience of a nine-year-old who's trying to make a cake in an hour mm-hmm. and it just totally fails or her ice cream doesn't set in time and it's just like mush on the plate yeah. and she can still like get up and and keep going I can do anything <laughs> yeah that stresses me out I love the show but I am stressed every yeah. single time it's I don't see the recipe what are they doing how are they right. doing it I'm like yeah, yeah. great show though I, was, yeah. I have to say to music yeah, as, mm-hmm. as you're pretty eclectic. Your your I, tastes I are pretty eclectic. I am, and just like I, I've always loved reggae, and mm-hmm. lately, you know, with family, work, kids, and stuff like that, I have like neglected my, yeah, my music intake, and I've just been really doing some many hours of reggae lately, and it feels good, good. for you. It feels good. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll I'll admit this. Like when I'm feeling especially. Um, kind of consumed by the culture of where we live, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be very intentional in reminding myself who I am and mm-hmm. not to compromise who I am. Mm-hmm. I happen to be Puerto Rican from the Bronx, from San Juan, right? And that entails particular um, aesthetic, a particular mm-hmm. aesthetic, which I thoroughly enjoy, but in this role, I'm not very able to mm-hmm. share that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But man, do I love the fact that I have married a Puerto Rican from New York, <laughs> right? <laughs> from the island, but from New York, that draws out the my Latinidad, right? Yeah. And so whenever I get the chance, it's like, oh, here, talk about deep breath. Like, oh, there you are. And I look in the mirror, and I have my big loops, and I have my curly hair, and I have my high tops and my jeans. I'm like, there she is. There she is. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's Layla. There's a Layla I know who has always been like super duper Pentecostal in all her ways, mm-hmm. but there was nothing to divorce my Pentecostal <laughs> ways from my Bronxness, right? Um, yep. But talk about just finding inspiration, not only in things that we do, but in who we actually who are. are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and not pretending and not fitting into a mold that. You know, this role requires particular a particular aesthetic to be respected or to be um, acknowledged mm-hmm. within the role. Which is a whole other conversation. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm always mindful of how I'm perceived. Um, yeah. And so when I have those opportunities among family or at home alone, it's like, all right, here you are. This is who you are, right? Um and in your fullness, you have been called. Yeah. Like, right. I, I think I find myself rediscovering myself, too. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that, that, you're there you inspiring. Are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. that guy because there's so much Yeah, in these roles. To It's really easy to, like, lose yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very so it's easy. Always, it's always funny when you rediscover yourself. <laughs> it's very yeah. easy. And, and um, I would say um, it's a temptation from the devil. Mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. us to Certainly deny is. who we are, right, mm-hmm. in particular spaces. I was re- reading, uh, not reading, listening to um, Brene Brown recently, and she said, if ever you have to walk into a space and you have a, have to adjust any part of who you are, you don't belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walk mm-hmm. away, <laughs> yep. right? However, she'll also say that as long as you belong to yourself in your body, mm-hmm. Wherever you enter, there you belong, right? But you have to belong to yourself and claim all of who you are so that when you walk into a space, you belong. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you compromise a a portion of who you are, and at that point, you no longer belong. belong. That is a podcast for another day. You do damage (laughs) to yourself. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I think that, you know, as we talk about in our mission statement, being bold and boundless in our love for Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? Also, you know, also in our love for the divine image within ourselves and with all of God's creation. Yes. Right. Um, that, that in many ways that, that boldness and that boundlessness Mm -hmm. is so aspirational. And I think (laughs) the church as a whole is so quick to say, yeah, that's who we want to be. Yeah. But it's so difficult to break out of this, 
you know, these like respectability, you know, like yeah. this is what, I mean, how many times, uh, maybe both of you have heard, uh, you know, oh, well, you don't look like a pastor, oh, right? Yes. Like we have, we have all, we have all heard this <laughs> yes. at some point. Or like, Even when we have the collar on. Or yeah. you're not, are you, you know. Are you, are you from the are you church? Know, like, are you Baptist? Are you the, pa- what? Are you? Um, yeah. or, or you don't speak like a pastor mm-hmm. or you don't, you know. Uh, and so we talk about wanting to be bold and boundless and authentic just yeah. as God who ha- has has created us to be yeah. and we walk into a mold right yeah into the temptation mm-hmm. yeah um yeah I think that's that's and we'll we'll close with this if we if not we'll just keep going we have plenty to talk about but I think it's really important one of the things as we walked into this role myself as bishop and you as assistance to bishops there was never the expectation, at least I hope you didn't receive the expectation that you would be filling someone else's shoes. Mm. The hope and expectation was that that's what, that was their shoes <laughs> and you have your own shoes and you have been called mm. in your fullness in this place. I have, there's no way that I could fit into Bishop Dick Graham's shoes. Mm-hmm. There was no attempt. There was no desire. I am not Bishop Dick Graham. I am Layla Ortiz. Right. And it so happened that God called Layla Ortiz for such a time as this. The same is true for everyone who's listening, everyone who's in this room. You have been called, not your predecessor, not the predecessor before that, not the one that's coming after you. You have been called in your fullness, how you are, who you are in your identity for this moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And what would it look like for us not to continue aspiring (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be who we're not and actually walk into space as who we are, which is called for such a time as this. And I, I think that's such a, a key to, a faithful key to pastoral leadership. Yes. And uh, I never felt that from you, mm-hmm. but from everyone else. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Same here. Yeah, there's that. There's that, right? Because this is part of the culture, right? That yes. we, when something has worked, the next group that comes in, the expectation mm-hmm. is that you fulfill those same expectations. And what I've learned um is that when we are disappointed because other people have not fulfilled your expectation, um, it's not their fault, mm. it's yours, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So when I, f- for instance, I, I'm learning who my girls are, mm-hmm. right? And it so happens that they are not the same. Mm-hmm. And so when I create an expectation for Andrea that is not in keeping with who Andrea is, and she does not meet my expectation, guess what? That's my fault mm-hmm. <laughs> because she has never shown me <laughs> that she's going <laughs> to do the thing that I expect her to do. The same is true for Amelia. I have particular expectations for Amelia, which sometimes are completely irrational. Like where did that expectation come from? And then when it doesn't happen, I'm disappointed. Well, Leila, check yourself, right? Yeah. Because they are who they are in yeah. their fullness. They're incredible. They're brilliant. And my expectations should meet who they are in this yeah. moment. And so, unfortunately, as a culture, as a people, we create expectations for um, people in leadership, and usually those expectations are in keeping with predecessors or other ways that things happen. And when we don't fulfill that expectation, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great yeah. for anyone, right? I'd be curious. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be curious for you, Sarah, because... Um, for Layla and I, it's impo- like we we can't fill that expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're Latina. I'm a person of color. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can't be uh, white male leaders in the church. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm I'm curious, like if maybe that falls on you even harder. It falls on us, but it might might fall on you differently. You might not have an answer, but just yeah, I'm just I, curious about that. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good. A good question. Um, you know, the the other piece, too, being newer to the staff and having, you know, a very faithful predecessor in Pastor Aaron Swenson Reinhold, you know, in, in this role and, and sort of coming in um, and not not to fill those shoes. Yeah, right. But yeah. to but to fill the the role and learning that um she and I have very different brains. She is, you know, brilliantly like uh, 
the way she sees things in her mind is is so it feels like organized <laughs> and and all of that and i um as as someone who is diagnosed ADHD, like I, I have a different way of organizing things. And so like stepping into that role is um, has been kind of a challenge because there are, you know, sometimes expectations of like, oh, well, the person in this role or the person we experienced in this role is very, you know, this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Layla, you and I have Mm -hmm. talked about how like our brains are a little more Mm -hmm. similar, (laughs) a little more scattered, which is why our admins, Julie Jackson and Catherine Wheeler, (laughs) save our lives every single day. Yes. But, you know, then then there's, uh, you know, being a white woman in a largely white church and seeing the ways that I can't measure up to my male predecessors or colleagues in one way, mm-hmm. but also seeing the way that I sailed through my candidacy process, easy breezy, mm-hmm. in part because I was a palatable young white woman. Mm-hmm. And even when I pushed and challenged in my essays, in my interviews, they thought that was so refreshing and I wasn't deemed aggressive I wasn't deemed you know too much any of that and so I I think I I yeah I I just kind of walk into walk into rooms and try to figure out okay do I have any idea who you're comparing me to right now Mm. because it entirely depends right It, it entirely depends either somebody is vastly overestimating or underestimating, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I, that actually gets at, gets at your question, but, I, but to, to what we're talking about of like living into your identity and, you know, you're both talking about these moments where you come back to yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever really had that yeah. rooted sense of like this is exactly who I am I think in so many ways I'm still trying to figure out how to grow into it mm-hmm. because I have spent a lot of time thinking about who am I being compared to mm-hmm. how do I and that's such a thief it mm. really is mm-hmm. um and uh yeah. yeah yeah I think we need to have a whole other episode on this conversation be, be mm-hmm. because we have a yeah we we have a very particular experience on the Senate staff, especially, and in the Senate, I'm serving as the first woman, the first Latina, um, Lamar, first African-American. It's been a very different experience for Mm -hmm. us. Um, And in in comparison with even other Senates, because I I get to have those conversations. And so it's, it's, this is a conversation that needs to be had, and I think it's a faithful one. But I do want to keep us or, or leave us with with permission to be who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And I will admit that I struggle with that every single day because I need to be able to be effective. And sometimes mm-hmm. if I am fully who I am, I won't be able to connect, right? Mm-hmm. I won't be able to communicate what I need to communicate. And even even then, it's, it's, yeah. it's a challenge, right? Um, but we are called as who we are. We're not called as who others have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not called as how others are. Right. It so happens that we have been called into our positions and into these roles. And so the same is true for everyone who's listening. You have been called into your role right now. And that role may be in the church. It may not. Your, your role may be working for NASA or <laughs> or being a parent or being a teacher or whatever it may be. You are called in your own skin, in your own reality, in your own identity, not to be compared with anyone else. God has chosen you for this particular um, role and this moment, and God has called us um, to lean into love, which we also didn't talk about in this um, in this episode. But for us as a synod, as a people, we've been called to have bold and boundless love, right? That happens to be for Jesus, the one who calls us, and for all of God's beloved creation. And so what would it look like for us? And we'll be discussing this in a couple episodes ahead now. Um, what does it mean for us to love boldly and boundlessly? 
and not only love others and love creation, but love ourselves. And I think that's part of the call and the invitation to discover who we are, love who we are, and live as who we are, right? For the sake of for the sake of the church and for the sake of the world that we not deny the church or the world the gift of who we are in our own skin. And so thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sarah, Pastor Lamar, for joining me today. We will have many more conversations ahead next week. Hopefully, we'll be in conversation with Pastor Kevin Vanderveer, and we'll be talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, um, how to be inspired. What does it look like to be inspired, not just by life and ministry, but by the power of the Holy Spirit? And so please join us again, and thank you for being with us today. Blessings. Blessings.